commitment, dedication, success. Copland, Keebler, and Wallace, the most trusted name in executive search and consulting, welcomes you to the KKNW podcast, where we delve deep into the not so simple art of hospitality. And now here's your host, award-winning journalist, compelling storyteller, and video strategist, Corey Saban. Hello again, everybody. It's great to be back with you for another edition of the Leadership Podcast by Copland, Keebler, and Wallace. And today we have two great guests, one from Houston, Texas, Mark Beto, the general manager and COO at the Houston Country Club, and Richard LaRocca, the GM and COO at Beachmont Country Club in Cleveland, Ohio. Richard, it's great to have you and Mark as well. We'll start with you, Mark, if you can go a little deeper into your background, please. Sure. Appreciate uh, you inviting me on. It's an honor not only to be on with Coppler, Keeper, and Wallace, but uh, to be on with my, my good friend Richard LaRocca. Even though we may be in two different cities, uh, he's been very instrumental in my career path and his whole family has. So it's an honor to be here. Uh, for those who don't know, I started my career as a bean counter, uh, working for an accounting firm called Deloitte. Uh, actually, it was Touche Ross, but now it's called Deloitte. And I've worked there for a number of years. And one of my clients was Oak Mon Country Club, and Pat's older brother, Pat, was uh, was the general manager and worked for him for a number of years. And he was so great to me and being a great mentor, him along with uh, golf pro Bob Ford and Superintendent Mark Coons really helped me understand the industry. And they hired me to be their, their, their first controller CFO and got the chance to work with, with those gentlemen for a while. And then when Jack Nicholas recruited uh, Pat to go over to Muirfield Village, got the opportunity to be a, a GM at a club in Pittsburgh. And it's interesting along along that path is I've had great support from the, the Rocket family, and I'll, I'll delve into that a little bit later on. But I uh, started to be a G general manager, and I'm a product of, uh, of CMAA. And I started the bean counter and was so uh, blessed to have that opportunity. During that time, I worked uh, at Wildwood, which was in, in Pittsburgh, then the Peoria uh, in Peoria, uh, Peoria, Illinois, then out to Kansas City Country Club recruited to go to uh, Charlotte, and now I'm here at, uh, at the Houston Country Club uh, in the middle of a, a significant uh, construction pro uh, project. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with us, Mark. And now let's bring in our next guest, Richard LaRocca. Richard, if you could go a little deeper into your background, please. Certainly, Corey. Again, uh, I want to thank you and the Copper Keeper Group and Tom for uh, having me on today. And uh, I echo uh, Mark Beto's comments, uh, a true leader in the industry, a mentor, and more importantly, a friend. So I'm delighted to be on the call with him. So my background is pretty interesting and maybe just unique to me, but I began in this industry as a caddy, and I've never left the country club industry. So I've spent an entire career, um, close to 40 years, in the country club business. So I began as a caddy. Started working all through those jobs uh, through my college years. A gentleman by the name of Brian Schultz, who was the general manager of a local club in Youngstown, Ohio, thought I'd be pretty good at being a club manager, and that's where I started. And along that journey, I've been able to manage four incredible clubs. Um, first, the Allegheny Country Club in Swickley, Pennsylvania for 12 years. Kirtland Country Club here in Cleveland, Ohio for 10 and close to seven years at the Country Club Orlando, and now back home uh, at Beachmont Country Club for the last year and a half. So that is my background, uh, all in the club industry, um, and delighted to be so. 
Well, great to have you as well, Richard. And you're in Cleveland, Ohio, home of the future Cleveland Guardians. And that brings us to another sports fan, <laughs> Tom Wallace of Copland Keebler and Wallace. I figured you guys would get a kick out of that. Um, yeah, the, fir the first mention of the Guardians the, on the you, you like that? Uh, I figured yeah. that brings us to you, Tom. I know you're an avid sports fan and you're in Cleveland as well. And I'm hearing the history from Mark's background and to Richard's of how you guys all met. So, Tom, please. Uh, well, first, welcome to the podcast and take it away, if you will. Thanks, Corey. Yeah, no, the, uh, very interesting. Mark and Richard have been just an integral part of my career, always have been uh, fellows I've looked up to and have considered great friends. And it's odd how close our careers have uh, kind of been intertwined with our connectivity to Cleveland and Pittsburgh and the LaRocca family. Uh, so it's it's awesome to have these two on. Uh, this was actually when I started putting together pairings of people, uh, leaders that I wanted to get on the podcast. This was the this was the first twosome because I know how close they are and I know how important they've been to me in my career. And obviously our connectivity to Cleveland and Pittsburgh is fun as well. So, uh, guys, I'm just going to ask some great questions. I hope that you you feel free to answer them as you as you'd like. And if you want to add anything, please feel free. Very loose about it, but I'll go with you first, Mark. I'm going to ask you. Who are the people that you look up to? Uh, if it's if it's personal and family, that's great. I'd love to hear a personal one, but I'd also love to hear from a professional standpoint. Who are the people that you have looked up to? So it's funny. Uh, you talk about connectivity here, and uh, I'm sure I'll get a smile out of Richard, even though I can't see him right now. Uh, I was so blessed that my first uh, introduction to the club management was with uh, – Richard's uh, older brother, Pat, who helped me and hired me at Oakmont to be uh, to be their controller CFO. But then when I got my first job to be a general manager, I really wanted to get in-depth and see how the best of the best operate. And I'm sure Richard remembers this day very well. In 1998, uh, going over to Allegheny Country Club, and Richard spent a whole day helping me and guiding me. Now, I got a lot more out of it than, than he ever would, but it really helped me become successful because he spent that whole day helping me. And I can't tell you how much uh, the phone calls we made exchanged with each other as we get, as we celebrated the good stuff uh, and support each other through the hard stuff and really, really hugged each other when we were when we were really uh, down and out because we all go through those different phases. So uh, the Rock, La Rocca family was very, very important to me professionally along with KKW and a number of other and, and, and club presidents have been helpful. Uh, Fellow managers within the clubs I've worked with have been have been great uh, supporters and mentors to me. But when I really talk about the people who had the most influence, I had to answer this question very recently: Who are my mentors? Who are my tightest mentors? And I really look to my family. I, I was blessed with two parents who were were educators. They taught high school uh, in in the Pittsburgh area, and that's I think where I developed my my love to uh, to teach. And so glad to be in uh, be able to teach one of the BMI courses because it's so important to me. I also look at my brothers who were, were, were high achievers uh, in, in their own personal fields, much different than club management, but were also very, very successful. And then uh, the, the person obviously who had the most influence on me, who, who has made me better is my wife, Wendy, who has put up with my, my, my schedule, but also has guided me and helped me uh, get my rudder going in the right direction. And then when it comes to trying to understand uh, the family aspect, uh, my three children, uh, Kirk, the oldest, who uh, lives in D.C., uh, Chandler, who's uh, 
in Winston-Salem right now and our youngest, Lexi, who uh, we're trying to get her out of this. But uh, as Richard could tell you, he's going through in his family. My daughter is very interested in club management and uh, is a student at uh, South Carolina studying club studying the club management field and it's uh i think those have been by far the most influential along with the uh with the little rocket family awesome thanks mark love it great stuff richard how about you well tom if i want to clarify that mark and i are first so i know mark will agree with this comment that you got nowhere to go but up now so we appreciate being first <laughs> <laughs> uh so you know obviously my brother pat uh, always have looked up to him. He started me in the industry. He is the, you know, the best of the brothers, the best of the mentors. But I will tell you, as I've grown older in this business, and uh, I am chairing this diversity and equity task force, uh, which CMA under Mark's uh, leadership as our chairman, the people who I have come into contact with um, who are on our task force, and to listen to their stories of their pathways, which are, are, are very different than many of ours, and to know the struggles and to know their work ethic and to know that they uh, overcame these things, um, I tell you, I have nothing but admiration. Those, to me, are people I look up to. Um, I can't say it enough uh, when you listen to those who had some really, really ugly things in front of them and know they have overcome them. It does something to you humanly. It's inspirational. They, uh, I look to my task force. Uh, those are the folks that I feel right now are who I look up to. Well, that's awesome. That's great. And, Corey, I know you want to jump in, but I would also say uh, watching the two of you uh, lead the Pittsburgh chapter of the CMAA, and eventually I was able to do the same and uh, just watching how you led and brought together a small chapter, uh, compare, the Cleveland chapter just wasn't at the level that the Pittsburgh chapter was at the time. And just watching you, the, the passion you put into that chapter really helped me stay engaged and want to do more and more with the CMAA. So I had to say that because that was one of the big impacts you both had on me early in my career. Corey, any follow-up there? Sure. Um, well, first and foremost, Richard, I'm very passionate about the diversity and equity space. Um, that's something I'm proud that you're taking on. But my question for both of you is because of your unique backgrounds, Richard, you as a caddy and Mark as an accountant, what lessons have you learned from some of your past clients, particularly, Richard, when you were carrying the bag from someone that you applied now from going from carrying the bag as a caddy to being in the boardroom? And same with you, Mark, from bean counter to boardroom. So I will tell you that those life lessons as a caddy are never ending. Um, for instance, uh, caddying teaches you a great discipline. It teaches you uh, the game of golf. It teaches you the gentleman and lady part of the game of golf. So the lessons that I have learned as a caddy, I think, were gave me a great jump start uh, when I was into my first boardroom um, to understand the dialogue, to understand the temperature of the room, to understand my demeanor. Um, those things I all learned in that caddy yard or uh, carrying bags for uh, folks, whether it was the couples on a Friday night or the men's. Saturday morning, whatever the days were, um, it really it helped me develop a personality. It helped me develop a character uh, for myself um, 
in that caddy yard. So I was, I think, a great jump start to the boardroom. Mark, do you want to jump in? Sure, absolutely. It's interesting. My very first interview to become a general manager, one of the uh, board members said to me he wasn't aware of any successful general managers in our industry who had a financial background or was an auditor or, or a bean counter. And I, and I took that opportunity to point out that he was uh, a Pittsburgher. Uh, he was a member of the uh, Duquesne Club. And I said, tell me a little bit about their, their general manager. It was Mel Rex at the time. I said, tell me about his background. He said, well, he was an assistant. And I said, well, before that, he was a controller. And before that, he was worked for Price Waterhouse. And I also brought up the example of Bobby Crofossi, uh, who, who followed that same, same background. So there's a little bit of a hurdle as people expect the general managers to come from the front of the house or maybe the back of the house, but they didn't come from the back office or even today. Uh, back then, PJ professionals weren't, weren't considered managers or, or, or superintendents. And that, uh, some, of those, some of those glass ceilings have been, have been broken and, and, and people have moved into that. It has allowed me to uh, have a, a, a good conversation and the, the lessons that I've learned working through the audit firm about evaluations, mentorship, developing people, getting people. When I worked for, for Two Frost or Deloitte, they always got you out of your comfort zone and pushed you to be more than you thought you could take, and that's how you grow. And th those lessons I learned from the auditing firm for six years was really able to apply to the professional development myself and also for, for the staffs I work with and also for our, for our, uh, for our clubs also. So those, those, those lessons I learned working in a professional setting was something I was able to apply throughout my whole career. No, that's great how you shared the background of your background and how that's applicable to the job because that's a, an important lesson that people can learn is getting people to think outside of the box and to believe in their skill set and how it correlates uh, into something else. So thank you for sharing that. Well, speaking of leadership, I want to tell you about CLA. The three founding club leadership alliance firms, Copland, Keebler & Wallace, McMahon Group, and Club Benchmarking are independent entities working together for the common good of the industry, serving clubs in all aspects of strategic planning, operations, finances, human capital, and facilities. The CLA's core values serve as a framework for the proven best practices and include informed leadership, strategic stewardship, empowered management team, and compelling member experience. The Club Leadership Alliance's mission is simple. Rally club leaders to create relevant, enduring clubs. Their vision is to generate widespread understanding and adoption of the best practices that lead to sustained club success. I encourage you to learn more at Club Leadership Alliance. Dot com. Tom? Thank you, Corey. All right, gentlemen. Richard, I'll go with you first this time. And this is a, a great question for you, too, because I often hear just the, about how, not only how much you give to the industry, but just how positive you all are. And you've taken on challenging clubs and turned them around and taken on big projects. Uh, both of you have taken on uh, new jobs in the last couple of years. So, I want to ask you, what are you looking forward to? What inspires you? What motivates you? I know your families are so important to you, but what are some of your daily habits that keep you in that positive state of mind and keep you able to, to be positive and uh, lead in such a powerful way? Well, okay, so one other thing I'm looking forward to is the end of COVID. Uh, <laughs> yeah, amen. <laughs> that, that is on my mind every day. Uh, boy, I, you know, 
you know, like Mark, I mean, all of us, you know, I have a, a, a spouse of 35 years. She keeps me positive. I have a, a beautiful 29-year-old daughter. She keeps me positive. Um, those things inspire me, motivate me, um, and I appreciate those comments. But I will tell you, as older you get, um, the energizers you see with those that work around you, those uh, younger who aspire in the club management field, um, that to me is where um, I try to focus my energy um, because I think the reward is such greater. So um, I am looking forward to not only the end of COVID, I also am looking forward to what it means for a club. So our models are changing, our employment is changing, we're adapting, and I will tell you that I feel very optimistic that the models we all come up with for our employees will be different, um, but it'll be unique to clubs and it'll be unique to hospitality, and um, so that I am looking forward to. And, and, and again, I think the, the people you surround yourselves, the Mark Bados of the world, Janine Budzius of the world, all these great folks that I've been able to, to surround myself with, Kim Pasquale's. I mean, when you talk to these individuals as friends, um, Tom Wallace, is, they, they just inspire you. So it's hard not to stay optimistic and positive. Thank you, Richard. Uh, Mark? Yeah. Part of my discussion or part of my points will be really dovetail into Richard, and obviously we're very aligned in our thoughts and beliefs. And I can't tell you how many times I would call Richard and ask him his opinion, and I always have an aha moment on what a better way to think about that than I am right now. And what stimulates me is the fact I'm so fortunate to lead teams and uh, to be able to have, have the responsibility, uh, the authority, the opportunity to, to really drive organizations, that, that really stimulates me, that excites me. I love the fact that um, I love to surround myself with people better than I am. It's easy, really easy to find those people because there's so many out there. But just to build teams who are who are, will challenge you and who are A players because if you want to be an A player, you got to surround yourself with A players. I read somewhere that you're the average of the five people you hang out with. Usually I'm the number five on that totem pool, but even though I bring their average down, uh, it brings my average up, and, and it's surrounding yourself, being on the national board, being involved with the, with with people like KKW, has really helped me be successful because I always wanted to be with with better people, and also I'm I'm so excited about the young developing talent that we have coming through. I know that one of our challenges is 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 the development of staff, and also uh, the, the the pool. How some at times it's shallow. But our responsibility is to help develop that. And people say pay it forward. I'm like, pay it forward? This is paying for it right now and allowing us to, to, to grow professionally. And probably the other thing I love doing is I, I love to read. And I spent a, spent a ton of time reading. I use the word reading um, maybe not exactly right. I'm more of an audio book type person. But just getting all the information. Moving to Houston Country Club, uh, I was able to – I knew how important it was to – understand the membership. So I read the book on James Baker, who's a member here, uh, about the most powerful man in, in Washington and his his path. There's a book that came out just recently on 41, George Bush, and I got to meet the author of that book and, and read that book. There's another book I just read by Kristen Hadi called Permission to Screw Up, and she's from Houston and got to read that book, and it was given to me by what I would call a couple of yo pros and got to meet her and how she's going to help our team get better also. So those type of things really make my days 
provide provide uh, inspiration and motivate me. It energized me also. Well, I got I've got to follow up and ask Richard what he's reading right now. I I know all of us are avid readers, but uh, just to throw a couple more books out there, Richard, that maybe uh, the folks listening might enjoy. So I, I am rereading probably for the thirteenth time uh, the Four Agreements. Oh, uh, that is what I am reading book. right 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 at the moment. Um, I just put down Malcolm Gladwell's. Uh, oh goodness. Uh, this is the most recent one. I can't bomber Mafia? That's it. The Bomber, yeah. I'm reading that yeah. now. Great. So um, just put that down, but I started reading, uh, again, The Four Agreements, and uh, that's it. It's the moment. No, that's, those, those are both good. I'm, I'm in the middle of The Bomber Mafia, and I just finished Crushing It by uh, Barry Vandercheck, which is a, a good book as well. How about you, Corey? Anything you're looking at right now? Well, I'm reading a few books right now as well. One called Crucial Conversations. I'm reading uh, actually a book that ties into uh, what Richard was talking about earlier, uh, The Color of Race. uh, That's all about uh, diversity and inclusion in the workplace and really helps you understand not only those challenges, but the five generations that you're dealing with and how to communicate with them more effectively. Um, Those are the two books I'm reading, but I have a question for you guys. Would you ask what book would you ask or encourage your staff to read? <laughs> uh, that's that's the that's the easy one for me because uh, every job I've started on, every time I I work with anyone, and I, I turn around and the book's sitting right here. It's a very simple read. It was given given to me by my good friend Dick Hoplin a number of years ago. It's probably an hour read. It's by Jim Rohn and Chris Chris Weiner. It's called the Twelve Pillars, and um, my first. Uh, uh, my first management meeting, we passed this book out, and each uh, manager was assigned a, a chapter, and we went through the journey uh, of the 12 pillars. So that's uh, that. I think that's a great starting book for for your management team, or also for young people, also. Mm. Richard, yeah. great one, Richard. Well, I yeah, I started rereading the four agreements because I handed it out to our senior management team. So I would always recommend that one. I love a uh, good to great, but I think it's the uh, Jim. Um, I can't think of the author's name right now. Jim Collins. One of my other, Jim Collins. That's one of my other go-to uh, favorite books that I would give to my team. And Tom, how about you? If uh, you guys are growing, you're bringing on new people. What book do you suggest they read? Uh, well, you know, I, I really like uh, the Carrot Principle. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of that one, uh, Adrian Gothic, and uh, the other one would probably be uh, Start with the Why by Simon Sinek. Mm-hmm. I always Probably my favorite business book is just the Jack by Jack Welch. I just think I like to reread that and the the Danny Meyer um, book every once in a while, just to kind of remember we're in the service business. But uh, any of those, uh, I, I really enjoy all of those. Well, thank you, guys. Now oh, let's talk about the importance of giving back, and that's something that Copland, Keebler, and Wallace, and frankly, I can probably attest that both of you gentlemen are all about giving back because you don't give to get, you just give because you're good people. And that's what Copland, Keebler, and Wallace strive to be. And they've proudly supported Tee It Up for the Troops since it was founded in 2005. The mission of Tee It Up for the Troops is to honor and support all those who served in the United States military by hosting impactful fundraising events at supportive golf clubs across the USA. We encourage you to learn more about how you can support their efforts by going to teeitupforthetroops.org. 
you will host an event, and you will feel fulfilled after doing so. Tom? Thanks, Corey. All right, gents, we're on to our third question. It's who are you chasing? At the end of the day, I, I really think, uh, you know, it's important to know who you're looking up to, but who are you chasing? Who is that manager out there from today or from as you were developing your career that you really said, this person's just doing it at a very high level? Um, so I'll start with you, Mark. Who are you chasing? <laughs> the constant it's a constant chase, chase of excellence because it's a race that never ends. Uh, I've always been chasing the, the uh, whether it's whether it's Pat or Richard or Nicholas, and now it's John Anthony because I played golf with him uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, Laraka, it's always been fun to, to, to follow their path and see what they're doing. Uh, one, one of the best things for me in my career was when I moved to uh, Charlotte, and one of the reasons why I wanted to move to Charlotte is because that town's blessed with four great clubs, uh, it being Charlotte Country Club, but at the time was being headed by Damon DiOrio, uh, Carmel Country Club by John Schultz, and Quail Hollow, where greatness has a home, Tom Delosier. And we pushed each other to be the very, very best we could be so our members could experience that. But at the same time, we cooperate, cooperated with everything and shared everything. what We wanted everyone to be successful. And that mentality made a better experience for us as managers, but most importantly, made a better better experience for our members and for our staffs. And, and we were always competitive. And the same thing, I've, I've been in, in, in Houston just a, a short period of time of only four months and um, spending time with a, a legend like Joe Bendy over, over at River Oaks, being, them being a top five club in America, uh, spending time and learning, learning from them also. Uh, I want to be around the, the, the best in the business so hopefully I, something can rub off and I can learn a little bit from them or a lot that's, of it from them. That's great. How about you, Richard? You know, that's such a difficult question because there's so many great club managers. I mean, from the smallest of clubs to the largest of clubs, I mean, our business is, you know, just full of these great young men and women um, who are running these great institutions. So the one thing I've always tried to chase is like a method, uh, uh, a process. And so, one of the things I've tried to read a lot about and discuss is the Ritz-Carlton. So I always chase that model of uh, excellence. So they're, they're standards for excellence. So I, I use that as my standard for excellence, you know, because it gives you the ability to try to achieve something, um, try to exceed an expectation or, or learn those expectations or study uh, the service method. But one of the people that I've always, and I've heard him speak and I've gotten to know him, um, you know, consider him a friend, is uh, Mr. James down at Augusta when he does his presentations and he talks about the people, the place, the process. I heard that talk in the late, let's say, the early to mid, uh, late 90s, and I've never left it. And uh, so I just find his uh, search for excellence and the way he conducts his business to be, to be um, there. And also, I mean, I'm competitive, so I chase myself sometimes too. <laughs> So I'm as competitive as is in this Cleveland district to make sure Beachmont um, is known and seen as the leader for the industry. That's awesome. Thank you. Hey, Corey? Tom. Well, oh, Tom, one ahead. quick follow-up follow on that is we talk about club managers all the time. We are also blessed in our industry to have great culinary leaders. We're, we're blessed to have great pros and great superintendents. And it, it's so important that we continue to expand our our, our uh, network of people and uh, 
moving to Charlotte, one of the first people who welcomed me to town was a guy like Andrew Shock, who was a pro at uh, at Charlotte Country Club at the time. Now he's at, at, at Cherry Hills. We got to continue to to look for look for those 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 people who help push us to be the very best we can be. And I I think there's so much talent in all those different. Uh, areas in the club, we've got to make sure we continue to, to, uh, to use them and help us be the best we can be. No, I agree. I, I look back at all of my, you know, John Zimmers, Bob Ford, all those people, uh, Tom Pepka, I, I learned so much from all of them. And they do, they all come from such a different perspective because of their line of work. But all people that have helped me grow as a leader, and you all have been touched by some great uh you know, different uh, background uh, leaders that you've worked with. That's very true, Mark. Well, I'm going to add a little bit of levity and put you both on the spot. We've talked a lot about literature. We've talked a lot about your leadership and you've made yourself approachable to young people, but let's make you even more approachable. And I'm going to ask you each to share a secret talent that no one knows about. And I'm going to start with you, Richard. Oh boy. Talent that nobody knows about. Yeah. That's going to take a second here to think through it because I don't think I have any, but I will tell you the secret talent I have is probably the empathy um, that I feel towards an employee because of the situation they are in, which is built from my never leaving the club industry. So when you begin as a caddy, you understand what the caddy is looking for on a daily basis. When you work in, in bag rooms, through dish teams, through pot washing, through setting up banquets, um, to working in landscaping at the country club, you begin to see and realize as you get older, some of those same things are happening in a high school student's life, a college student's life, some of those same stresses, and you have a great empathy because you've seen it and done it. Therefore, you can um, find ways to motivate those individuals. Nice. Mark, is. I was hoping your secret talent, Mark, would be you can help me find some unique write-offs. Would that be uh... <laughs> <laughs> if, if you need those write-offs? He is in Houston now, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a big write-off. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, we you know we don't pay we don't pay income tax here, but we just pay high real estate taxes. That's right. Secret talent, uh, boy! I tell you, put me on the spot, and Richard hit a grand slam. I might I might get a foul tip here. Uh, I I think secret talent is is my passion or my desire all the time to uh, to get better and help young people be successful. And uh, my secret talent, I'm a secret talent, but maybe one of my secrets of my success is I've been able to listen, spend time with my kids and listen to them on, on their perspective on what things in, interest them. And I've been very blessed to work at family clubs. And a lot of times are we family tolerant or are we family friendly? And getting their perspective on, on different events or, or different activities or how to reach them, whether it's, you know, Instagram and things those, along those lines, it's been so important for me to be successful because I've constantly leaned on them for their knowledge and, and helped me grow both personally and professionally. That's not a secret talent, just a secret, a little bit secret of my, of my success. Right. Tom, you're not getting off the hook. Well, no, I, I probably would go along this the lines of, I, I think I'm way more, uh, I have a robust knowledge of social media that the kids are using because I, I, of all my traveling, I really got engaged with the Instagram and the Twitter and the TikTok because 
I wanted to make sure I could stay in touch with my kids in a way that was, I would text them and they wouldn't respond. But if I talked to them through the apps that I needed or on, I could actually get through. So I think I'd probably for, for an almost 50 year old, I think I'm pretty good at all of those things. I know I impress, uh, uh, Dick and Kurt with some of that stuff because they don't, they don't even know the names of some of them. But, uh, so <laughs> I, I would say I've been pretty, I did it as a way to make sure I could stay in touch with my kids, but I, I it's it's also uh, been very helpful in some of the things we want to do as a company at KKNW. But more than anything, just my ability to engage with the, my kids on a uh, social media level that I think is higher than most. I, I think that would be a skill most people wouldn't think I I can maneuver through TikTok very well, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, you went from zero to a thousand miles an hour on on Instagram. It's uh, you're always a fun follow. To have. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, my it, that was from Bailey. She said, she said, yeah, yeah, I don't look at my text. If you want to get me, go to Snapchat or Instagram. And Snapchat just looked a little too funky for me, so <laughs> I I went with Instagram. And, and, we, and also, con- <laughs> congratulations to her for beginning the uh, Letterman's for. Uh, for field hockey, I saw that on Instagram yeah, recently. She, yeah, she was. Uh, it was hard to get her to take a picture, but she was. She let me take a picture of her in her leather jacket yesterday, so that was fun. Congratulations! And also, congratulations to Tom for getting the award of education in our industry through the Boardroom Magazine, the, uh, the Gary Player Education Award. Well, that, that's thank awesome. you. Well deserved. Well, um, not necessary, but thank you. Yes, no. Always listen. You, you, and Richard paved the way uh, again. I could, the way you all led that Pittsburgh chapter and, and more than anything took me under your wing uh, because you, you two were the godfathers of the, of the Pittsburgh <laughs> chapter when I got to Oakmont. And, and uh, not everybody was happy to see a kid from Cleveland come in and get the Oakmont job, but you two treated me uh, as, great, as great friends and great mentors. So thank you for that. But I appreciate the kind words. Definitely. Of so, Corey, how about you? What is one of your secret skills nobody knows? Well, all this talk of Pittsburgh has me craving for Monty Brothers. So uh, (laughs) uh, a secret skill that I have, um, I can play the harmonica. And I love to play the harmonica uh, alone and and listen to like Bob Dylan songs and try to play along and sing like him. And uh, I have to do it alone in my office because the kids will start yelling at me. So... (laughs) You really do. You can play the harmonica. Do you have one of those like neck things, or do you just hold it? No, in your I'm hand? not Neil Young. I'm not that cool. No. Uh, okay. I just okay. hold it in my hands, and you know, and just you know, we'll do the Dylan-esque voice like that, and 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 sing along, and uh, yeah, have some fun. But this That's was awesome. a, this was well, a lot of fun today, guys. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Mark and Richard, Absolutely. thank you so much for sharing, and uh, thank you for all you do uh, for not only KKNW, but the, the industry as a whole. You, you two have been luminaries for this industry, and, and uh, I appreciate everything about you both. Thank you. Same here. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate all your leadership. Mark, Richard, Tom, thank you so much. And as everyone knows, when it comes to leadership, there's no other firm than Copland, Keebler, and Wallace. Their team members are committed to the success of their clients, the professionals they place, and the industry they love. Through their commitment and dedication, they are able to advance the careers of their candidates, improve the well-being of their clients, and most importantly, have fun every day. 
To learn more, go to kkandw.com, and that and is spelled out. I'm Corey Sabin. I thank you for your time today. What I do is help clubs with marketing strategies to enhance their brand equity and create awareness through crisis management trainings. Until next time, we will see you soon on the Copland, Keebler, and Wallace Leadership Podcast. Thank you.